Hello and welcome to episode two of the Motivated Author podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Mitchell, and I'm a New York Times, USA Today and Washington Post bestselling author with almost two million book sales to date. Today, I will be discussing the all too common feelings of imposter syndrome and author jealousy and how to stay motivated when times get tough. Motivation is hugely important when it comes to writing your book. I mean, believe me, I should know. In today's episode, I'll discuss how I almost gave up my writing dreams and came out the other side. So let's get into it. There was a time in my writing journey when I was tired, burnt out and was balancing on a seesaw of emotions of overwhelm and feeling like I just wasn't good enough to write a book. I worked really hard, but sometimes the words just wouldn't come. And when they did, I'd read them and think they were pretty rubbish. I was so close to packing it all in. And in the early days, I almost did. And I put my manuscript in a drawer for a whole year. There were times when I felt demoralized. I'd look at other authors and think that I'd never be like them. Yes, for all my positivity and optimism, there were days when I wondered if all the extra hours of work that I was putting in were worth it. I was completely burnt out. I'd had enough. Well, one day I decided to pull up my big girl pants and stop feeling sorry for myself. I knew that every time I thought I wasn't enough was just damaging to me. After all, whatever you put out in the world has a habit of coming back to you. It's a bit like a karmic boomerang, so to speak. I made a commitment to myself to stop feeling jealous of everyone else's success and instead use it as motivation. If they can do it, so can I. But I needed a solid goal. So instead of carrying negativity around as emotional baggage, I wrote out a post-it note and slipped it into my purse. Every time I opened my purse, I'd focus on the lovely, positive message inside. Yeah, I know, you want to know what it is, don't you? <laughs> this is the first time I've shared this because nobody even knows about this. So here we go. It simply said, thank you for my freedom. And as I said, nobody saw that but me. You know, I was in the police and I would have had the mickey taken out of me big time if my uh, colleagues seen something like that. And it would have been even too embarrassing to share with my family. I, seriously, that's how I felt about it at the time. But you know what? It soon became my mantra. When I was walking down the long corridors of my workplace at night, wishing I was with my family at home, I think of that post-it note and I'd imagine myself free from the ties of working for someone else. I saw it in the now rather than years in the future. And that's really important. I held myself accountable telling myself every day that I was enough, that I was clever enough, brave enough, creative enough to make a living by writing my books. But still, looking back, I had no idea how a simple mantra could quickly change my life. This silent written mantra may have felt magical, but I still had to put in the work. You've got to give your mindset a good shaking up if you want to become an author, because it goes hand in hand when you want to achieve success. I count my blessings every single day that I get to do what I love and get well paid for it. And now I'm so excited to share how I did it with you, because nothing gives me a buzz like helping other people, particularly when it's combined with positive thinking. Honestly, it breaks my heart when someone sends me a direct message on social media saying that they've wanted to write a book for years, but they just believe they're not good enough. 
Only this week, I spoke to an amazing person who had a wealth of experience in an interesting line of work. I won't go into too much detail, you know, because I don't embarrass them, but this person was so interesting. Nobody else could tell their stories, but still they were plagued with self-doubt. And I see lots of people like this. And sometimes people will start to write and then look at it and think it's rubbish and give up. So let me tell you a story. I tried to learn golf recently because we moved to a new location and I thought it would be a good way of making friends. And my husband and I took a six week course down the driving range and I was rubbish. I mean, I was terrible and I was gutted because I wanted to be instantly a natural at it. And we'd join the club and make lots of friends and, you know, go on the social events, which is really all that I was interested in. But th that was the clue, really. I didn't want to play golf. I just wanted to be a golfer, if that makes sense. It's like people want to be an author, but they don't really want to put in the work. And that's the difference between people who make a real success of it and keep going and people who ultimately give up. And I knew in my heart and soul, I just don't have the love of the game to be a golfer. Maybe one day I will. But you know what? After six weeks, I thought, no, I, I just don't have the commitment. And I, I accepted that. I know myself. And it's the same for other things like um, drawing. I wanted to get back into drawing. I used to be really good at drawing when I was young, but not right now. I just don't have the patience to sit down and practice again and again and again to get back to the level that I was. And it's the same with writing. You have to have that commitment. You have to have that knowledge that the time you put in will ultimately be worth it in the end. If this is something you want to do, it has to feel good to you. And it has to feel true to you. If that doesn't convince you that you have to put in the hours to get good at things, I don't know what will. So I'll say to you, dear listener, if you're not willing to put the time in, then you don't really want to write that book. OK, I'll let that rest there for a minute, because I'm hoping that by listening to that, you're a bit indignant. You know, you're like, who's this person think they are telling me I don't want to write the book? And I'm hoping that you're saying, hang on a minute, I'm going to prove you wrong because you have to fight for what you want and really make it happen. If you want to become a successful published author, it's a highly competitive world, but I am not saying you can't do it. You just have to want to. I did. Now, I read a great quote this week, which is, you don't think your way to creative work. You work your way to creative thinking by George Nelson. I mean, isn't that amazing? When you think about it, you work your way to creative thinking. And that is so true because at the start, people pressure themselves like, why aren't these ideas flowing? Why aren't they coming you know, naturally and beautifully onto the page? And you might have all these wonderful ideas in your head, but when you actually start to write them, it's not translating because there's this block. And people don't always realize that it's this block. But if you push through this block at the time that block comes, it's actually a very exciting time, because if you push through that, that's when the magic happens. And it's like reading. You know, some people say, oh, I don't read. Oh, no, I don't enjoy it or I can't get into it. What people don't realize is, all right, for some people, they love reading and it comes quite naturally because they've done it for years. They've done it since childhood. You know, I love reading. But for some people, they have to train their brain to get used to it, to sit down and focus on the page, particularly now with so many distractions and people are used to social media and all sorts going on. And there are so many distractions that your brain is switching from one thing to another to another. So you literally have to be determined and say to yourself, I'm going to read one chapter a day. So you sit down to your one chapter a day and you grow these beautiful synapses in your brain. And then when your reading habit is taken hold, you'll find you won't just be reading. 
you'll be falling into that book and introduced to the most amazing worlds. And that's how I feel when I write. Although, you know, okay, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it too much. It can go from this most magical feeling to also feeling like I am wading through tar and marking homework for hours and hours at a time, especially when editing. So it has its ups and downs. But when you get those ups and when you get those times when you're writing and it flows, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I said to my husband, right, I'm closing the door. I'm in the zone. And, and some days it doesn't come. And you still have to sit down and wade through that tower. But it all comes out in the end and the book always gets written. As, as Nelson Mandela uh, used to say, it always seems impossible until it's done. And I had that on my wall in my last house, actually, uh, permanently on the wall. <laughs> and I looked at it when things got tough and it did. It saw me through many books. My point is, with regards writing, if only it was as easy as just sitting down to write for the first time. Like the, in the soap operas, when they say, they say, I'm going to write a book, you know, and the soaps make me laugh. They say, I'm going online and next thing, click their fingers there. They're all social media influencers. But wouldn't it be brilliant if, if it was that easy? It's not. And that's why everyone doesn't do it. That's why you have to work at it. But anything you have to work that hard at can give you so many rewards. Now, here's a beautiful quote, which I adore, and it's by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she said, a creative life is an amplified life. It's a bigger life, a happier life, an expanded life and a hell of a lot more interesting life. And that is so true, because when I go to parties, I am an introvert, I'll admit I am a terrible introvert. Well, no, not terrible. I'm a proud introvert. But when I do meet people, you're always interesting to them because you're an author, because people have never really met an author before. And, and it's lovely. And I do enjoy that. I, I love talking about writing. I don't do small talk so much. So I love talking about interesting things. And of course, writing is my passion. And, and you know, we, we met the neighbours recently. We all went out for dinner and they were all just asking me about it. And it was lovely. And it does give you a beautiful life and not just in a social way because many of us are introverts, but in, in every way. So if you have a little voice in your head trying to convince you that you are not good enough, here's what you have to do. If you're multitasking, just stop for a minute. Just give me a minute's attention, because this is really important. You get your own post-it note and write down what you want most in the world, but make it in the present and be grateful for it. Feel it like you have it. Now, it could be money, it could be freedom. It could be a finished book. Try and make it really specific to you if you can. For me, when I said thank you for my freedom, I knew in my mind what that meant. It wasn't just words. It was me having the freedom to give up my job in the police and doing something I loved. That to me, that was freedom. Now, freedom to other people can mean different things, completely different things. So when I thought those words, the image of what that meant completely came to me. So don't put something silly like I want to win the lottery. <laughs> I want to win the Euro Millions. Well, we'd all do that. It doesn't have to be too realistic because to me, you know, when I first wrote, I thought oh, maybe one day and I really had to try and anchor myself in that present that it was right now, if that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, stay tuned because this will be something I will discuss in future episodes and in my courses which are coming on my site. Back to this post-it note, put something down that feels real to you that you want and create it with love. Don't be like, I want to write a better book than such a person because they deserve to be taught a lesson. <laughs> Do it in a kind, loving, compassionate way and put it in your purse or on your nose board or anywhere under your pillow before you go to bed at night. Anywhere, as long as you'll see it every day. And when you see it, it invokes hopeful, happy messages and makes you feel better. Because if you're in groups on social media, 
Now, social media can be a lifeline for some people. A lot of people are lonely. In a way, it's a lifeline. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying there's anything awful about that, speaking in groups of other people. But just be mindful of what you say. If you're chatting to people all the time about how awful it is and how hard it is and oh, I can't do it or I'm not good enough or it's just too hard. There's too much competition. You could go on and on and on about how hard it is to write a book or how difficult it is. Just stop. Just stop. Every time you write a negative word down, every time you type that into your laptop or computer or whatever, or talk to someone, every time you do that, you are reaffirming to your brain that you're not cut out for this, that this is your safe zone. There we are, because what's out there is dangerous and it's hard. And every time you reaffirm that you're you're being caught in that hold, if that makes sense, you are not born with a lack of confidence. It's ingrained over the years. So wherever you heard that you're not good enough, that's their story, not yours. Right. Whether it was your parents or your friends in school, someone said that to you at some point that didn't come from you being born and in your head as a baby. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is wherever you heard that, that's their story, not yours. So let it go. Replace it with positivity and think of that quote by Elizabeth Gilbert. A creative life is a happier life if you let it. And life is all about your perception of the world. And that is a huge part of the Buddhist outlook that I love. Everything is tainted with how you view the world. And this leads me really nicely to this part of the podcast where I share something of value that I have found during my research when I was thinking about these subjects and what I was going to talk about today. Now, anyone who knows me well knows that I love Buddhism and its teachings and have done for a very long time. But you don't need to be a Buddhist to appreciate some words of wisdom. I am not shoving my beliefs down your throat in any way, shape or form. I don't like it when people do that. But I am going to share something which is really, really useful and I think will really help you if you're someone who is struggling with what we mentioned earlier. OK, because this forms so perfectly in line with what we've discussed so far. So we've all had one of these days when everything seems to go wrong. But what if I told you that changing how you think about things could make a real difference to your life? Our perception of the world often defines our reality more than the life events themselves. How we see things can either elevate us or bring us down. So what if you could change your lens? There's a Buddhist parable about two arrows. The first arrow that hits you is the actual event, the unavoidable part of life. There's parts of life you just cannot control, whether it's a setback at work, a health problem or an argument with someone you love. Now, the second arrow is self-inflicted. It's our reaction to the event, our perception of it, how it makes us feel. And that's the one that usually hurts us more. So what Buddhism teaches us is that while we can't control the first arrow, we can control the second one, our reaction to it, because it's not just our reaction. There's a ripple effect with not just us, our family, the people we love. It changes everything. And that then rebounds back to us. So when you shift your perception, you change your life. And a positive lens can enhance your well-being, boost your empathy and even improve your physical health. It's not about denying reality or glossing over your problems, but about acknowledging them and choosing to focus on solutions and moving forward instead. So instead of falling into a chain reaction of negative thoughts, we can choose a thoughtful, compassionate response, which makes us ultimately feel better in return. This stuff really matters. 
thinking positively isn't just some fluffy idea. It actually makes you feel happier, makes you a much nicer person to be around and even gives your health a boost. Plus, it leaves you in a frame of mind which will help you find solutions instead of getting stuck. We are shaped by our thoughts and we become what we think. You can't control what happens in life, but you can control how you see it. So change your thinking and watch how it changes your life. Now, I know we've not talked much about actual writing in this podcast, but I really wanted to drive it home just how important your mindset is. I know of successful authors who have given up writing because they've hit a really bad bump in the road. It could be that they've written the book and it's just not good enough and they have to start all over again and write another one. That can happen. But they say you have to write so many books before you become a really good author. I think it was something like five or seven books. (laughs) You certainly do improve with each one. So you have to be in that frame of mind that whatever hits you, you've got to just, you know, give yourself a day, dust yourself off, then think, right, I'll get over it and carry on. Whether it's your publisher not signing you again or your agent dropping you or your book just not being good enough or your edits being tearing it apart. All of these things could happen. You've just got to keep going, because even if my career just fell apart overnight, I would still write at least a book a year because I love the process. I mean, and not just because I love the process, but also because you never know where it will lead. Each book you write as an author uh, who wants to publish it, I mean, put it out in the world. It's like a lottery ticket. So just because you scratch 10 tickets and you've got nothing back, it doesn't mean to say the next one won't lead to something big. And that's what I love about being an author is that you never know what's around the corner. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, then you love my site, carolinemitchell.co. And be sure to join my mailing list where you'll be sent weekly motivational emails to keep you on track. And I'm going to be launching some great courses soon, which will help you write that book step by step. Have a great week and happy writing. And thank you so much to all the lovely souls who've listened to this podcast and who have commented on social media and who have shared it. If you hated it, oh, that's okay. You don't need to do anything. (laughs) But if you've enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate a positive review from whichever platform you're listening on. Have a great week and happy writing. And I'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.